0: Welcome back to this Starfield Lorecast. Man, has it been a long time since I've been able to say that. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, Dave Chaffins, exploring the stars. Dave, welcome back to the show. How have you been, man?
1: It's great to be here, Tom. I've been very well. Uh, I've been been getting, getting the dock ready,
0: as they say. Getting the dock ready. We have some surprises and reasons why we've been missing for the last few months, but... We'll get to that in the middle of the show, because today's episode, we are diving into something that not a lot of people are discussing on one of the interviews with Todd Howard uh, just a few months back. He mentioned that one of the major influences on Starfield was the pen and paper role playing game Traveler. And nobody's really talking about this, so we decided. In fact, Dave decided. I'm give this credit to Dave to write an article for our new website, StarfieldInsider.com, which you can go check that out right now. Where he dove into some of what that might mean and how that might actually affect the development and the design of Starfield, because we're still in that early speculation period. We don't really know the release date yet, and there's been a lot. Of Leaks and I'm putting that in quotes and rumors and we'll talk about that stuff on the second half of the show So Dave welcome back man. We're we've been it's been a while things got delayed But hopefully we're getting close to launch again, and I know you have some thoughts on this traveler RPG pen and paper system. So are we talking like dungeons and dragons in space like what's going on here? I think we
1: are talking uh, for what people think Dungeons and Dragons is. Yes, uh, it's it's Dungeons and Dragons in space. We could get into semantics. We could go through, um, you know, the different types of systems, stuff that's inspired by old school D&D or, you know, the, the modern 5e interpretation or even other, you know, Powered by the Apocalypse games. But this is an older uh, an older RPG that I think takes a lot of its inspirations from those first and second edition uh, D&D games and kind of, it kind of turns it on its head in some ways and fashions.
0: Yeah, so this was published in 1977, the original version of the game, and there have been multiple re-releases and updates over the years. Um, and I, I like that this connects back to... What has been happening in game design for decades now? Like, we talk about Bethesda, and you can't talk about Bethesda without talking about the Elder Scrolls and the original Elder Scrolls games designed in the 90s Arena and Daggerfall. A lot of the mechanics and rules of those games were pulled from pen and paper role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. And I feel like we've come full circle. We're back to, okay, new space game, new space IP. Pulling concepts and maybe mechanics and things from pen and paper role-playing games, so what else do we know about Traveler? I have never I've never played Traveler. I don't like until this came up. I didn't even think to even go here and start researching it But what what kinds of similarities do you think there will be between what Traveler does and what Starfield does?
1: So I will preface this by saying that I've never actually played Traveler, but I am I'm big into collecting and reading a bunch of different uh, tabletop role playing games. Uh, so that's kind of why that got me interested in like, OK, what is this? What, what is this whole system? Um, yeah,
0: I remember Traveler, as a real quick, I remember as a kid getting my dad's first edition D&D book and never playing it but pouring over the world and the the details and the mechanics just trying to understand what is what even is this like it's a tome to this mysterious world so i have a feeling you probably feel the same
1: <laughs> i i do and and you know i've spent i've spent good money on on looking at some of those tomes for myself uh-huh. of stuff that i haven't even played it's just fun it's just fun to look at it's like game guides but traveler is a, a space-based uh, rpg uh, that came out in 1977. the interesting things that i think traveler showcases is a lot of how todd howard has described starfield in the past as being almost like a grounded experience like mass effect is very uh high fantasy same thing for star wars like it's very it's very high fantasy and and Todd Howard's looking at Starfield is like, okay, let's look at modern science. Let's look at how that could inspire a future where space travel is something that can happen. And I think Traveler actually does a pretty good job of looking mechanically and saying, okay, this is how this could work.
0: Um, yeah. In, so, in, sorry, go ahead. So, uh, just to chime in so, like, uh, 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 a more recent sci fi uh, connection would be The Expanse rather than Star Trek.
1: Yes, I would say that The Expanse is probably a good um, a good replacement for what a, a Traveler campaign could look like, or even uh, Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably also one of the number one. Pe- when people say that they want to play uh, a Firefly-like game, generally people are going to go to Traveler as the inspiration because it's very much in that, in that vein, though it's not necessarily a ragtag group of people that's going on various mercenary (laughs) missions. There's military conquest. There's uh, I mean, merchant trading there's, I mean, you could even like localize everything to just a few planets, um, because traveler grounds, uh, space travel generally with these traveler ships, it's taking you one week to fly to a new planetary system. So that comes into play of saying, okay, we have to have the fuel to get there. We have to have the resources to make sure that we're fed for a week to get to this other place, because we're all just going to be sitting on around in the spaceship until we get there. Mm-hmm. And we also got to, you know, figure out how does, how do our characters advance in that time when you're playing this game, which I think makes sense rather than like a, a faster than light travel, which is typical for sci-fi traveler says, okay, Let's just let's focus on jump drives like this should be the wild west of space, not necessarily some, you know, risk map where we're flying all to different places.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's more grounded in the actuality of what it might actually be like to be traveling around in space because it I mean, let's be honest. We're not just a few hundred years away from like warp light speed or faster than light travel. Like that seems like something still very, very far away. But to create some sort of. Better engines than what we currently have, so that you could travel between far distant points in like a week. That sounds a little bit more reasonable, but it's it it creates a lot of downtime. There's a lot of it's travel is very expensive still because of the time it takes to maintain human beings for a week, and to and to invest a week in getting from one place to another.
1: Right, and Todd Howard had even said that in several interviews about the the kind of vibe that Starfield is is. You know, space travel is dangerous, like going out in space. It should be a dangerous thing in Starfield. It's not going to be all oh, we get on the ship and we just go about our merry way. There's going to be some stakes involved with that. And I think traveler just just the nature of the game, the nature of the travel, ha ha, ha is ha, ha, ha. Uh, a representation of that danger itself.
0: Yeah. Another point here. And this I, I noticed this when kind of looking through some of the details is that. Everything even like uh, communication at a distance only travels so fast. So for example, if if we're on earth and we're sending Information to the Mars rover even if it's traveling at the speed of light That still takes a long time to get from earth to Mars because of the vast distance so there isn't it's not like again like Mass Effect or Star Trek where all of a sudden you just have like instantaneous communication between two points and at very extreme distances if you are significantly far away from somewhere else, you aren't sending messages back and forth. It's just not happening because there's no technology to do that. So you are very isolated. Not only does travel time take a long time, but once you travel somewhere, you're you're off on your own.
1: And if you think about that in the context of their Wild West inspirations that they had for this, that makes sense. Because back in ye olden days, if, 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 if bandits take over a town in the middle of, you know, nowhere, Montana or Idaho, I'm not picking on any states here. But
0: if they do <laughs> don't that. Don't add us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't add us, Montana. Um, if they do that. Then people may not know in the big cities like people in Grand Rapids may not know the exact day the bandits are there. And so somebody could show up later on and all of a sudden the town's deserted and you're like, okay, why did this happen? Like there's some there's some mystery to what's going on, even though the civilization is there.
0: Yeah, it's not like they could just pick up a cell phone and be like, hey, somebody shot my horse. I need a ride like. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yep. You spend a week walking back to town through the desert and hoping that you can survive on cactus juice. Right. <laughs> right. So um, but we know we know in the game that they didn't want it to be too punishing. So there are systems in place not to make it too punishing. But the sense of what I get from this is that the the story, the vibe of the world, the. um situations that you end up in while traveling and exploring will be much more grounded, like, like in traveler than in something like mass effect. I
1: I do, I do think that you're right. I think that the, the level, the level of engagement that your character's going to have is going to be grounded in that science and world. And I think maybe more grounded in the emotion of what space travel could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what else what else were you able to gather from your yeah. research? What else do you think? I, I
1: would love to talk about just kind of character creation, which I had looked into. I just assumed that, oh, there's, you know, in D&D, there's classes. And if you're going to be, you know, in, in the modern 5e in, interpretation, if you're going to be a bard, there's a certain level of like, OK, once you're level seven, you get this spell, this spell, this like there's a guide almost to it mm-hmm. where you're kind of locked into a certain thing. Character creation in uh, Traveler is very different, where most of your characters, you're coming in at a almost like midpoint of your life. Um, Mm. Kind of like, if you remember uh, System Shock 2. Uh, System Shock 2 is- Wow, all right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we're going back.
1: back We're going back to some (laughs) sci-fi games. This is old school, okay. You make choices in that game that influence your stats, and your choices are like, I'm gonna spend a year in the Marine Corps, and uh, track down uh, rogue agents on a different planet, or I'm gonna be a naval mechanic and repair ships for a living. This Mm -hmm. is much like that, where there are certain terms in the game where your character before the campaign would even start is already involving themselves in stuff. Uh, So there's stuff like you could be going to university, and then you'd have certain roles for how you did in university. You could graduate, you could drop out of university and then say, okay, well, that didn't work. I didn't get the exact thing that I wanted, so maybe I'm gonna go work on a factory for a while. Mm And then let's say the factory gets raided by pirates, then you're saying, okay, well, maybe I should be a pirate. And then by the time you come around to your character, your character has had all these experiences that didn't define their skills that they have in the game, essentially what what they can do.
0: right? Uh, Which sounds a lot like the real world. I mean, I've worked many different jobs and I can pull experience from all of those different things to be the person I am now but if i were to go back to like high school and say okay who is tom going to be for the next 20 years i i wouldn't have been able to pick that path like that as a character class didn't wouldn't make any sense <laughs>
1: And it was interesting to go back and, and kind of look at the history and, and how, you know, the modern edition is very different from the older edition. But the most famous thing about Traveler is that your character could actually die in character creation. Uh, you could roll you could roll bad <laughs> for essentially this character's health and they could just die and you'd have to start over. Wow. <laughs> That's so then, weird. Since that rule is an optional thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. back in the day, that was part of the core rules of the game.
0: That's hilarious. That's okay, that's so weird. Um, I guess it makes sense. Like it creates a certain realism around it. Like, yeah, the pirates came and attacked the factory you work at and you happen to be one of the casualties. Sorry. Start over, try a new character.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. And and so when we look, when we go and we look at you know what Starfield is doing just from that basic official gameplay demo, we can look at some of the different things that you can do um and put into your character like obviously they have cosmetic options but if we're looking at backgrounds and traits Mm -hmm. um they have a number of different things on here that your character could already be experienced in when we start the game like i'm looking at them here that you've got like a a gangster or a diplomat or a beast hunter or a bouncer like there's a number of different classes that all have starting skills associated to them much like traveler does where all I've chosen this path, then that gets me these skills that I can use. Which I think from a role play perspective is pretty different from what most Fallout games especially have. Uh, Elder Scrolls in some sense, where you're doing you're going through your list of acrobat, battle mage, or stuff like that. But these are more like jobs that you're doing and the skills that you get for them, which I think is
0: very interesting. Yeah, it's like a job system. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So that makes sense though. Like as you do things, you gain skills from doing those things. So you're, it's, it's like a backwards looking dev- character development rather than the forward looking anticipate where you're going to go next kind of character development. Um, that's, yeah, that's very, very, uh, I, I, it matches some of what we know already having seen mm-hmm. the character design screens and stuff like that. So I think, I think this is probably a really solid influence on that.
1: The thing that was most interesting to me in that uh, Starfield, uh, I think it was Constellation questions, is Todd Howard, one of the first things he programmed on the computer was a digital version of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would have had to go through and, and, and you know look at those basic mechanics back from you know the first editions of this game and say, okay, these are the terms that they go. Like, yeah. oh, you could go to university. You could do, like, he's already, even before he's working at Bethesda, programming these backgrounds for characters within that game. The other interesting thing i think is traits obviously when you're doing these things things can go wrong so like your character could come out of working at a factory with like a limp or something because he dropped a a giant space boulder on their leg mm-hmm. so that is like representative in your character when you play traveler and traits in this game are really interesting because there's a lot of things that you could. I guess happen to your character from like their background like uh one of them my favorite one is you have a small starter home on a on a moon but you have to start with a mortgage that you owe to the bank so that, that's like within starfield itself that's like an option you can take as one of your traits within the game
0: this is too real
1: <laughs> it's t- it's too funny because it's like okay yeah i gotta deal with my mortgage like i'm a cyber runner for constellation but i've got to deal with my mortgage or there's another one where like you your parents are still living so you have to pay like you have to send like 10 percent of your credits back to them it's like gotta support mom and dad back home they've uh they've got needs they need to make sure they get their jamba juice every day so like yeah a trait aspect and a background aspect is a really interesting way of doing Uh, a modern RPG character creator. And I think Traveler gives a lot of those, um, I guess like acorns, little nuggets of, um, of inspiration in there.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. And, and again, it tracks with some of the things that we know are actually in Starfield. So it sounds like, it sounds like the more we dig into this, the more that there are really solid uh, explanations. And, and and, I mean, it really just feels like when, when Todd talks about how this has been a dream of his and theirs, For a long time, that maybe this is maybe he's going back to his Apple II days and childhood, and going, this is the game that I had in my in my brain when I was twelve years old, and just have never had the opportunity to make it.
1: I think you're right, and Todd Howard has never had an original IP to work on at Bethesda. He's either worked on Elder Scrolls, which is not his original IP, or Fallout, which is not his original IP. So this is the first thing that he's like making as a as an IP as a product. As a universe and putting out there,
0: right, right. So, anything else uh, of note that you came across?
1: Um, of note, a uh, a few different things. Uh, spacecrafts are very much uh, modular in their design. Like you have a little map of where your spacecraft is, and you're you're filling it up with various equipment. I think it's even more modular in Starfield, where you're like putting in different rooms and arranging how everything is. They showed that off. I think there's some similarities there uh the other thing that traveler has traveler doesn't have a um uh, any like magic system or anything but there are psionics yeah which are are kind of like mind powers um so we haven't seen anything like that and there's ways of explaining it but people are like oh is there going to be space magic in here and i don't think we're going to get full into you know dune realms or you know star wars realms but they limit actual psionics down to i think about six things uh telepathy clairvoyance telekinesis awareness and teleportation that's five things excuse me um that's okay so so i think having that limited set is way easier to say okay that's something that we could do through like a an implant or something in the brain. So I think I would like to see something like that, but there's been no confirmation on if anything psionic or any kind of like special magic like that. But I would be interested in seeing that if they're thinking about adapting other things from Traveller.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't think we've seen anything that hints at that specifically. That at least that I can recall. If if I'm if we're wrong about this, please let us know. And be like, hey, there's actually a little bit here in one of the character screens or whatever, because sometimes that stuff does slip in. Um, But yeah, that I mean, I'm not against that kind of stuff, especially if it's uh, if there's like a technology justification for it. Uh, and, And who knows, maybe even alien technology justification for it, something like that.
1: One of the initial backgrounds, I believe, if we go back and look at what they showed off was actually or one of the traits was like alien mutation or alien test subject. It doesn't have any details on that. so, like there is some it seems like genetic things going on that they're mixing with with some of the characters mm-hmm. so i think there is some there is some weirdness out there i think we weirdness is confirmed full-on psionics are not but it would be interesting to see if they have anything from that traveler rpg in there
0: yeah yeah absolutely all right um any other any other notes because i've got i've got some stuff uh to pull up if you're if you're interested in expanding out to see like what the wiki says I thought it would be I'm fun. I'm interested
1: in expanding out the wiki here if, <laughs> yeah, I mean expanding if, you, out the if wiki. you want to start expanding on some stuff let's go. Well
0: I, I thought it would be fun to just kind of take what is on the wiki and which is a nice summary of the things and then be like oh this is this matches here this might make sense for this um, so for example in On the this is like the Wikipedia wiki entry for Traveller, the role playing game. Just to give some people a a background here, Uh, science fiction role playing game, first published in 2077 by Game Designers Workshop. And then you might know some of these names, you might not. Mark Miller designed Traveller with the help of Frank Chadwick, John Harshman, and Lauren Wiseman. And of course, it has gone on since that time with many different editions and versions of the game. And this is interesting. This is the description. Traveler is a tabletop role-playing game. Characters journey between star systems engaging in exploration, okay, ground and space battles, all right, and interstellar trading. That all sounds par for the course. This all sounds like, okay, things that we can expect for Starfield. One player, the game master or referee, oversees task attempts and guides events as the players explore the setting. So it's like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of setting where you have a game master. Characters are notified, I'm sorry, characters are defined not by the need to increase native skill and ability, but by achievements, discoveries, wealth, titles, and political power. So that might give us some insight, like inside perspective on maybe how your character grows as you level based on the things you achieve, the things you discover, uh, the things you accumulate over time like that that could make sense for like a character design kind of thing.
1: Right. How how do you measure that reputation because it se- it seems like the, the from their description of Starfield Constellation is a guild that's focused on exploration. So how do you gauge that? And if you think about old Elder, Elder Scrolls games like you know your thieves guild is is measured on how much gold you steal. Your fighter's guild is measured on how many, you know, things that you like think in think Elder Scrolls online it's like how many Daedra did you kill? Um, yeah, I, th- right. I think there's I think there's a uh, there's a way that you can could use reputation to kind of fill a lot of those five things that they mentioned.
0: Right. Right. And then there's a key features list, which includes commerce and some descriptions here. So commerce is the major driving force of civilization. OK, interesting. Right. Like commerce is the driving force. Everything's about being able to expand commerce, trade trade make a living, that sort of thing. Uh, The game is human-centric but cosmopolitan. So the core rules focus on human characters, but there is support for using and playing aliens. Seems to track for Starfield. Yes. Limited communication. There's no faster than light information transfer, meaning no ansible uh, subspace radio or similar. Communication is limited to the speed of travel decisions are made on the local level rather than by a remote authority so that whole like isolated wild west kind of thing we were talking about
1: i think in the game there's freestar collective the united colonies there's a few different factions of like how they how they govern their systems is more like oh this is only our purvey is is this particular area outside of that we're not dealing with it
0: Yeah. And then there's a section on morals and morality people remain people and continue to show courage, wisdom, honesty, justice, along with cowardice, deceit and criminal behavior. So you have the whole spectrum of individuals, which um, I and I think the subtext of this is it's not necessarily a dark, terrible future. Right. This isn't like some sort of grim, dark sci fi thing. This is grounded in the reality of how people are. And right
2: Dot com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: Choose to do good things at times, and some people choose to do bad things at times. And everybody can make those choices, and everyone's kind of on that spectrum, depending on where they're currently making those choices. And there's a, you know, there's this very wide. Reality of how humans can interact, and that that seems to again par for the course with what we've seen.
1: Uh, that makes sense, and that lines up with the uh, the vibe that Todd Howard is putting off. I'm gonna be talking about Todd Howard's vibes a lot.
0: <laughs> it's, it all comes from the leather jacket.
1: It does.
0: (laughs) And then um, sociological. So uh, interstellar society is socially stratified. High, mid and low passage. Soc social status is a primary character attribute. Um, Affairs are often managed by independent nobility who make use of classic titles such as Baron, Duke and Archduke. So. From a social level, even though everything's very commerce focused, which would make you think like capitalist, more modern kind of take on things from a sociological standpoint, it's way more hierarchical, like almost monarchical in its in its organization.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're looking at Princess Leia like you're looking at those kind of like selected to a planet. I am the nobility on this planet and I'm sending you to do x and y for me and you will get a reward or reputation for that
0: right right so you might have some planets that are more open you know free democracy type systems but then there might be because of the distance and because of the separation of communication and information each space station or planet or whatever may have a different hierarchical system that they're using um so that that also very interesting And then you talked about the characters and the life paths and all that stuff. Um, There is a section here on equipment I wanted to to call out, too. It says equipment emphasizes wilderness exploration, hazardous environments and combat. As a result, equipment lists are heavy on vehicles, sensor equipment, communicators, rations, personal armor and weapons. All of that seems to track absolutely for a video game.
1: I think so. And that's a lot of the original D&D uh exploration where like y- your character like in, in the older versions of DD, your character is just kind of a guy with a little specialty like in, in 5e there's a lot more like superhero abilities but in the older ones it's like Hey, you're going to go out there, you got to bring torches because you can't see anything and you got to get the rations to make sure that you can make it a week out to the dungeon that you're going to get to. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of that DNA in there that that has been shown in numerous video games including a lot of the ones that Bethesda's worked on.
0: Right, right. And then there's the whole equipment uh, types of equipment which is a very broad spectrum. So everything from low technology, so and then the justification is Since primitive worlds exist near technological worlds, primitive weapons such as swords, shields, pikes, and bows are included. Characters often have some sort of blade skill for close combat, which again makes sense. You're gonna have stratification. You're gonna have different groups of people on distant worlds with limited amounts of technology. But then there's high technology. So cybernetics and non-sentient robots are also show up in equipment lists, uh, as do artifacts from ancient civilizations. So having your little robot helper with you totally makes sense, but it's not the, the, the AI hasn't developed to a point where that has its own personality. Right. Um, it, it's, it's kind of separate in that way. And then there's the hard sci-fi flavor. So along with energy weapons, there's also a strong presence of slug throwing weapons, such as rifles and pistols. The prevailing theory is that usually the most efficient way to stop someone is with kinetic energy or bullets. Because I mean, if you think about it you're in space and you shoot something at a, a kinetic object at a ship or a person's spacesuit and you puncture it, that's probably enough to <laughs> to de- depressurize and then remove all the oxygen and then the person dies. Right. Like, right. You don't need laser weapons
1: in the expanse where they're literally yeah. just like shooting like Gatling guns on the side of their spaceships because. That's what works.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. One rivet of bullets through the middle of that hole could very much just end that ship. You don't have to blow right. the whole thing up. You don't have to hit with lasers. And it, it, you also get the sense that you don't have like energy shields around things like all of Star Wars or Star Trek. Right. It's just like right. these are just these are buckets flying around in space. And if you put enough holes in the bucket, everything pours out. So um, it goes on. If you want to go check out this wiki article, feel free. There's all sorts of stuff in here about it. It's a really nice overview of the system and and even the possibility for ancient races and things like that, which could be a thing. I mean, that's I think that's where we're going with the story is the rediscovery of ancient races and and intelligent life. And if they're still there or not, that sort of thing. So this is the foundation for all of that.
1: Yeah, I I, I was really impressed by the amount of information that was out there, the amount of additions the Travelers had uh, to kind of advance it throughout the years, uh, and the amount of customizations that you could add to the game uh, when you play it. I'm very interested to see Bethesda's flavor of space, particularly in RPGs, because they're one of the few companies that still makes an RPG that is reminiscent of the freedom of exploration that you have at a tabletop.
0: Right, right. So. Yeah, so if if anybody's listening to this and you've played Traveler and you've got other insight or other thoughts for us, please um, either join us on the Discord. There's a link in the description for the show. There's a channel on there. You can share any of your thoughts on that stuff. Or, again, check out StarfieldInsider.com. Dave and I and a number of other people in the content creator communities that we're a part of will be posting articles. And so uh, go bookmark the page. This will be a source. Even, Even when you are waiting for another episode of this show, you will be getting articles about all the latest news, pieces of lore, gameplay tips, all sorts of different things on starfieldinsider.com. So go check that out. So, Dave, let's take a quick little transition here because we're going to talk about some of the news and leaks that we've gotten over the last few weeks because we might be getting a release sometime soon. Let's find out. <laughs> It just—I hit the button now, and it just stops. It—it <laughs> it, it does it. I like it. <laughs> so that's our transition music. So, uh, so Dave. We were told at E3 back right before we did the last episode of this podcast, before this one, that, uh, oh, sorry, guys, we're delaying the game. It'll be first half of 2023. Well, guess what? This is the first half of 2023. We still don't have an official release date, but we do have some news and some rumors. The big news is that in just a week from now, uh, I think it's what, the 25th, 25th of uh, January. There yes. will be a Bethesda Xbox conference and then people got all excited about that. And then they found out, oh, but Starfield's probably not going to be there. So, of course, everyone's like, oh, no, they're delaying the game again. Bummer. It's getting delayed. And then on Twitter, uh, Xbox responded and said, uh, or I think it was was it Xbox or Bethesda. I don't remember specifically. Somebody in the know responded and said, don't worry, Starfield's getting its own event Information for that will be coming soon. So we might be looking at the 25th for Xbox Bethesda showcase, which will be things like Elder Scrolls Online and Redfall and some of these other games, maybe Fable. Right. But then maybe we're getting a February Starfield event.
1: I think that there is a possibility. It's definitely from what they're saying. They're definitely not showing it at E3. Like the, it, it might be at E3, they might, you know, sh- show a little bit more of it, but
0: like waiting for not, the next E3 or the, they're the not going to
1: wait to do the full, like, you know, like how fallout four kind of had, we're going to show it and then it's going to come out in three months. Like, right. they like that marketing style of like, Hey, here's the thing. Same thing for fallout 76. Hey, here's the thing. They show it in the summer. It comes out in the fall. Right. Right. Like there's there's generally like three or four months in between them, like fully going deep on this kind of stuff. The one difference here that somebody
0: pointed out was the Oblivion release back when Elder Scrolls Oblivion was coming out. It got delayed as well. And then within like that next year after the delay, they uh, Bethesda put out a notification that was like, hey, we're going to have a big Reveal thing for it. It's going to be coming soon. They dropped some uh, Stats for what you need for your PC to run it that information came out the big trailer dropped and then a month later the game launched And it was just like boom 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 within two months of all of a sudden messaging again game came out and It seems like they're like you're saying like traditionally they go three or four months but like we could be within a month or two of Whatever this Starfield showcase is of having an actual game release.
1: They like to keep it tight when when they show stuff. I yeah. think that part of the reason that they showed that they were working on Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 is because that they were looking for number one, they were showing off a new like Fallout 76 was kind of a new experiment. And they were also looking for buyers like we know that now that they were looking to be acquired. Um, So they wanted to show off the things that they were working on and show to the public and get them interested in the IP and products that they were working on. So I don't think that that's a norm for them to show, you know, like Elder Scrolls six and Starfield so many years out. They like to do, hey, here's the game. It'll be out shortly, like no waiting around for it. Right.
0: So we do know officially 25th. Maybe we'll get a, a date for the Starfield. Event during that event, but we do know that that event is coming Um, There are some leaks and some uh, other things going around one of which Back to the idea that maybe we're getting it sooner than later is the is the idea that it seems like Bethesda or Xbox or somebody in that group will be doing some sort of trailer drop at the Super Bowl
1: so, i like that i like that idea because bethesda games are uh are tr- transcend what you know the, the normal video game market combines like there are people that just play elder scrolls and that's what they play they play elder scrolls and maybe they come in and play destiny for a little bit like yeah it's one of those core games that people oh i will pick up that because it's 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 whatever I I
0: killed dragons. I was the Dovakin. Yeah, I'm gonna play their next game Yeah, like the the, like the Skyrim audience is Gigantic the fallout audience is also very big And so if you just remind those people during something like the Super Bowl that like hey guys remember us We got another huge game and now you can go to space and it looks freaking awesome Check out the trailer like boom you're selling a million copies right there right um, so maybe and that's a uh, February 12th the Super Bowl's on February 12th so maybe we get a trailer drop on February 12th does that mean we get a Starfield events the week before that and then a trailer drop or do we get the trailer drop with a notification that says Starfield release events on this date and then we get a event later in February uh, either way it could work
1: I think likely if they're gonna re- drop the date, they're gonna drop it during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they are not gonna mention the the full showcase. But in there, you know, people will be like, "Oh, let's look and see what Starfield. Oh, that Starfield game. Let me Google that up." They'll probably already have that in their social media of when that full deep dive show is by the time that the Super Bowl trailer drops. That, that's my speculation for what if that scenario works how it would play out yeah
0: so potentially (laughs) potentially within just a few weeks we could have an announcement and a a release date hard release date uh also to kind of sure this up a little bit there was a like a some big event that todd howard and some of the guys from xbox were at recently with some other notable internet people who happened to run into him took some pictures Casually said hey, we still get in Starfield first half of the year and he casually responded everything's still on track like but That would be the messaging until you let people know that it's going to be late You wouldn't want the it's going to be late message to get out through a means like that So even if you know there's going to be a delay you're still going to just tell everybody in a comfortable Setting like that. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's on track until you make an official announcement So I don't know how much weight that actually carries Um on the other side of the spectrum, there was a uh, podcast episode where um, uh, Mr. Matty Plays, who's very well known on YouTube, uh, says that he has a source that has been accurate about many different things that says that we are, in fact, getting a delay to the fall. So, again, with a grain of salt, is what does that actually mean? Is this somebody who really knows what this is like? A Somebody said that somebody else said kind of thing. It's hard to know. It's hard to know for sure.
1: I say rumors and speculation. Uh, I think that the sources that maybe you had a while back at the company, there's been so much change there, mm-hmm. may not necessarily be a source for the things that you think you know.
0: Yeah, possibly, possibly. And I, that's, I guess, the last big news here is that Microsoft just let let go of 10,000 employees was it 10,000? I think it was 10,000, right? I think it was
1: 10,000. It was across a multitude of their different brands and and, and businesses, but Bethesda was one of them that had people, uh, let go, which is, you know, terrible. You don't know, you don't want that. You don't want, you know, layoffs for any company. You want to make sure that your companies are running, you know, lean with the appropriate amount of people. It's a real shame and a mismanagement that, that something would happen like that.
0: Yeah. It's unfortunate. Our hearts go out to anybody affected by this. Um, The another perspective on this, though, is if you look at the total number of employees at Microsoft over the years, it has continually been growing in very, very much. So even with 10,000 people let go right now, they are still above the total number of employees that they had last year at the company. So the the speculation is that the company has grown very quickly, has acquired these other studios like Bethesda. And so there's going to be some redundancy. And so just from a, a getting things done standpoint, they need to cut some of the roles that there are duplicates of and Unfortunately, that is a thing that happens when companies acquire other companies I I was let go from a company from a major corporation because of redundancy and all of that and it's not because Those people were bad at their jobs or deserve to right. get fired. It's just sorry We already have 12 people doing this. We only need eight and so they let four go um, so our, our hearts go out to you if you are affected by that and hopefully you'll land on your feet, you know, things should be better in the future um, But that's the speculation right now and so far we don't have an actual release date, but Dave let's wrap this up because We haven't talked about any Starfax Star Facts. Facts, Starfax Facts, whatever we want to call it. We don't have any Starfax this week If you okay, if you were just right now if somebody was like Dave, what's the release date for Starfield and you just used your psionics and you reached out to the void and you pulled out the date from from Todd's head. What is the date? And I'm going to pitch a date also and we'll see who's yep. right. OK. And then we'll talk about who with the winner gets
1: the date that Starfield will release. And I and I have a few reasonings to believe this is going to be June the second.
0: June 2nd. Okay. So what is your justification? June, June 2nd, my 2023 justification is 2023 this year.
1: Yes. They put out the, 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 the trailer in, in February or March. That's mm-hmm. about three or four months ahead now. What do I look at when I see my favorite video game is releasing? I look and see if it falls on the holiday weekend. But guess what? It's always the weekend after. It's <laughs> okay. never the weekend that we have the holiday, that we get the day off. You always got to take work releasing off. releasing a game because they don't want to work on the holiday weekend to finish the bugs. Right. You know? Right. Nobody wants to jump in on that. So. It's going to be the weekend after Memorial Day weekend, which is that June the 2nd of
0: Friday. Oof. All right. I'm going on a cruise like I've got a vacation planned. I won't. It's... I'm going to have to bring my laptop with me and hope that I can play the game not connected to the Internet.
1: You'll have to you have to get some satellite Internet and and games past that, you know. Oh,
0: no. All right. All right. OK. So you think June the 2nd, 2023. Um, yes. I feel like that's really close to Redfall. We know Redfall's releasing in May. They don't want to cannibalize their audience. Um, there's a lot of speculation that this is going to get pushed back again, but we haven't seen anything. And I, th- I don't think they will. I think they're, they're going to make it the first half of this year. I'm going to take a... I'm, I'm jumping on a limb here, and I've made bold predictions before where I've been absolutely wrong. But the benefit is if I'm right, everyone will be like, how did you know? And I'll be like, space magic, Starfax." I think we're getting a release on three twenty three, twenty three. Three twenty three, twenty
1: three. March. Is that because Todd Howard once said that eleven eleven twenty two just sounds like a good date, and yep. so he wants to do another
0: one? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. So what is like? It's the twenty third year, the twenty third day of the third month. It's not going to be two twenty three twenty three. That's too soon. Mm, mm. That'll be too soon. But if we get a Starfield event in February with a trailer at the Super Bowl on the 12th for them to say this will be out in the next month and a half And that firmly puts it in the first quarter first quarter earnings. Mm. They haven't had a release in a very long time uh, I'm sure Xbox I'm sure Microsoft is gonna want to make some sales and when we've even seen things like uh, Starfield images showing up on Xbox boxes for when you buy a console in China and, and There's some other country recently like they're starting to print this everywhere. It's in the ads for game pass They are starting to gear up And I could be totally wrong and if I am then I'm totally wrong. That's fine But I think March 23rd 23
1: So Tom that's a Thursday. Yep I don't think I've ever seen a video game come out on a Thursday, but so- don't
0: care none. If care. you
1: are, if you are right about
0: this, okay. movies, then, movies come out on Thursdays. That's true. This is like a movie. I'll
1: give you the 23rd. Personally, I'll give you the 23rd or
0: 24th. Okay. But I think the date's going to make sense. It's going to be, well, here's the other thing. They could do it on March 3rd. 23 because one of Todd's justifications was if the dates match like 11 11 Then it doesn't matter if it's the backwards which we are backwards in America where it's month day year Or if it's the forward way, which is the European way of day month year, which is ascending which makes more sense They don't have to reprint things right. It's the same date no matter what so mm. but 3 3 seems too early But it still has a ring to it right 2 three twenty-three would make sense, but you can't transpose it. Mm. 3.23, you can't really transpose. But who knows, maybe it'll be three. But the rules are, whoever's closer wins. So if we're closer to your June 2nd date, by like total number of days, yes. before or after, you win. So if it gets delayed, no matter what, you're going to win this. If it comes okay. out early, eh, then I might win, as long as it's earlier than like, I don't know, the beginning of May or something like that. Um, So here's here's the stakes though. Here's what we're gonna win and this is what we've been doing This is why I mean the real reason we haven't done any podcasts in the last half a year is because It's all just been speculation and rumors and an occasional little video that Bethesda puts out And we haven't really talked about that stuff for too much, but we're gearing back up So hopefully you'll hear more of us more regularly, but the uh, the the in fiction reason that we've been not here is because Dave and I are building a spaceship It's official it's official. <laughs> we built a spaceship. We're gonna launch the spaceship on the day that the game launches. We're going to space because we're gonna explore the space like they did in the game, and then we'll podcast from space. That's where we're going. That's yes. what we're doing. So the, the way winner, you
1: announced this sounded like you were announcing that we're having a baby, and I, I mean, same, <laughs> same vibe.
0: I've same vibe. Done over. that. You've already done that. Now we don't need yes. more babies. Maybe the spaceship is our baby, but like a baby it needs our a space name baby it needs a name our space baby needs a name and so whoever wins this little competition gets to name our spaceship
1: oh no i name all of my characters in every single game my dude so whenever the text comes up they're like <laughs> what is up my
0: dude <laughs> well the spaceship isn't a character, but you could name it my dude if you want
1: It'd be like, let's take a ride on my dude.
0: Uh, my dude. Mm. 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 I'm more likely to win this bet, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Well, I'm going out on a limb here. All right, so that's it for this episode. But definitely stay subscribed to the show. We will be doing more episodes as more news comes out. Go to starfieldinsider.com. Check out the articles that Dave and I and a bunch of other creators are working on to bring you all of the Starfield stuff. That is absolutely going to be a source for you for news and lore and gameplay and opinion pieces all sorts of awesome stuff so if you want to continually be ingesting starfield news even when you're not listening to this show starfieldinsider.com go check that out uh dave that's it for this episode it's been good hanging out and talking again you got anything else going on you want to share
1: uh yeah i do a uh tabletop role-playing uh game that's that's playing Modifius' Fallout 2d20 so it's all set in the Fallout universe right now we're in New Orleans doing a bunch of Fallout stuff down there. I do weekly episodes that comes out every Friday. It's called Rad Rolls. You can get it on every single uh, podcast service and you can get it on YouTube for the full video version.
0: Awesome yeah go check that stuff out and wherever you're listening to this you can listen to those things So just look it up on whatever podcatcher you're using and of course I've got all my shows the fallout lorecast elder scrolls lorecast lord of the rings lorecast mass effect lorecast and witcher lorecast all available at robotsradio.net or whatever podcatcher you listen to this on And that's gonna do it for this episode. It's good to see you again, Dave. It's good to see you chat We're glad you guys are here. Oh, and by the way, um, when we do these episodes, most likely they will be on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. So if you are in your workday toward the end of the day on a Thursday and you want to jump in here with us, feel free to do that. Because this is when we'll be putting out our content. So we'll see you guys next time. Stay safe out there in that crazy, crazy galaxy. Bye, everybody.
1: Listening to the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Did you know that parodies are copyright protected? Tell a friend and review on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom, excited for Starfield, let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Hey, why aren't we wearing any
0: shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes, and that's the best I could think of.